Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey there, are you ready to elevate your personal brand or company? Meet Viral Growth, your one-stop shop for video content and audience building. Imagine growing your brand organically on social media without the hassle of editing videos for hours. With Viral Growth, it's a breeze. They handle the brainstorming, scripting, and editing while you simply just hit record. And don't worry about your niche. They cater to everyone, from business and marketing to health and wellness. Are you ready to make waves in the social media realm? Visit viralgrowth.io and use code ADWEEK, that's A-D-W-E-E-K, all lowercase, and get 10% off your plan. One of the bad habits of American consumers is that they've never been great savers. Americans just historically don't save what people in other countries save. They spend. And when they had this enormous windfall in 2020 and 2021, it was great because it gave all of these consumers enormous purchasing power and we're using it. And it looks like it's going to be used through much of 2023 and possibly even a little bit longer than that. But once it runs out, then I think is the point at which you'll hit a wall. Welcome to today's episode of Brave Commerce. I'm Rachel Tippograph, the founder and CEO of Micmac. I'm Sarah Hofsetter, president of Profitero. And this is a show that talks about what's relevant in e-commerce for the world's biggest brands. Sarah, it's end of July. This episode will go out in August of 2023. Are we nearing a recession? You know, you're not supposed to say the R word, right? I'm the one who names things. Like if we name it, then it's not as scary. As a former guest Rashad Tabakawala said, we got to put the turd on the table, right? Exactly. So let's put that turd on the table. So yeah, look, I actually don't know if we are. We keep talking about it. It just seems like the reports of that demise seem to be greatly exaggerated at the same time. Like how could it not? I don't know. What do you think? I don't think we are. I'll tell you a few data points that I look at. I mean, one is my own internal business. I very much feel that the market has come back. I think, Sarah, if if you felt the same timing, but for me, it was pretty much like mid-April 2023 when I felt the market come back and it's only ripping and roaring now. So that's data point number one. Data point number two is the consumer pricing index. Like It's showing that consumers are spending and they're spending in discretionary ways. And then data point number three is like, There's all this capital that's sitting in consumers' pockets still from the pandemic, but also there's all this capital sitting right now with private equity. There's over $3 trillion that 
actually has to be deployed into the economy. So there's a lot of money available right now. I hear you. And so the question becomes for brands, what do you do? There, people can be of two minds. On the one hand, well, if things are, are roaring and consumers are, especially American consumers, are quick to spend, then do marketers amp up their initiatives around this? Or do they just believe now that we've built it, they will come? And I mean, my argument would be this is a fantastic time to get active, especially in light of Q4 coming up and knowing that there's going to be a lot of demand in the marketplace, no matter what that's for. That could be for services, that could be for food, that could be for electronics, all of those things, even all of that heavy duty pandemic spending on electronics, those electronics are actually going to be aging out. So people are going to be in the market for a new laptop, a new cell phone, things that they bought in the pandemic. It's wild. So Sarah and I, I think we're on the same page. We don't feel we are going near a recession. We've avoided it. We turned a corner. You don't need to hear it from Sarah and I. You can hear it from someone who is the expert on the consumer economy, Forrester leading analyst, Ucharita Kodali. Let's bring her onto the show. Today, we have a special treat, a two-timer, but in a good way. We have Sucharita Kodali from Forrester Research joining us. There's been a lot going on in the news and being able to speak with you after, it's only been nine months since you've been on the podcast, but so much has changed and we would love to speak with you again about your perspective. In these past nine months, what has happened to the consumer economy uh, yeah, th- and thank you so much for having me on. There is a lot that has happened that is so different even in the last year. For starters, we had record high levels of inflation this time last year. Gas prices were so much higher and interest rates were lower. We've had in the last year alone, I think like seven interest rate hikes and the Fed funds rate is now twice what it was. We have had over the last year what they call an inverted yield curve, and that's the main reason that I think a lot of doomsayers um, think there's still going to be a recession. There's a lot that has changed. I would argue that the economy, though, is actually better now. Inflation is down, and a lot of the overall metrics like unemployment, wages, those are still really, really strong. And consumers still have quite a bit of savings that they're still spending through from the pandemic. A lot of people don't realize that. So from your assessment, it sounds like you're fairly optimistic on the economy, at least through the back half of this year. Would that be accurate? Yes. I've been more bullish on the economy, I think, than a lot of people even since last year, because a lot of the metrics that we saw were just related to the fact that the consumer was still spending. And, you know, while there were low levels of consumer confidence and a lot of whining and griping in surveys, we were seeing record levels of spend and spend in a lot of discretionary categories, everything from food away from home to travel and leisure, um, things that you wouldn't be spending on if you were economically distressed. So this has been a story that I've observed, but even, you know, I think that it's pretty well known in economist circles now. There's something called the pandemic paradox, where even though we had horrible health situation, a public health crisis, you know, a lot of the education system went to pot, that nonetheless, the average household came out of the pandemic financially better than they were before the pandemic. And we're seeing that. 
in a lot of the spend. So to answer the question, um, how are we faring and how are we expected to fare? It seems that the economy is in the United States. It's different in Europe. It's different in other parts of the world. The United States has been incredibly resilient. And there was a report that the San Francisco Fed came out with relatively recently that said that there's still like a half a trillion dollars of excess savings from the pandemic that consumers are working through. And that's part of the reason that inflation is what it is. And that should take probably until end of 2023 for the consumers to spend through, which means that it's going to still take a while. I should say it's going to take a while for that spending to be depleted, which is good for the economy. And it's good for anybody that is a business that is on the receiving side of where consumers buy. On that note, it sounds like you feel inflation will be hanging around for a bit longer. And if that's the case, should we assume that there's going to be another hike in interest rates? If I'm a brand manager, how should I be thinking about the economy right now? So from everything that I've heard, Jerome Powell didn't say no to future (laughs) interest rate hikes. It's not like, oh, we're done. So it sounds like there may very well be in the future. From everything that is my understanding, the magic number is 2%. That is the level that the Fed would like to see interest rates get to. We are at 3% overall now, and it's even higher when you look at what is called core inflation, which is inflation when you take out energy and food. So it's still a little bit higher. Why is it higher? Because consumers continue to spend. Consumers are, are not saving. The hope was that with higher interest rate, you would just see contraction in the money supply, you would see less being invested in, and that would drive inflation down. But the consumer has been incredibly resilient. And um, when you look at you know where are they spending money on and what are the drivers of inflation now, a lot of it is services. And you know they happen to be spending a lot right now on things like their vacations, whether it's like travel or car rentals or hotels or whatever the case may be. And that's actually one of the components of that core inflation, non-energy, non-food line item within what's driving inflation right now. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hey there, podcast fam. Are you ready to break free from the social media rut? Hold on to your hatch because we've got just a thing for you. Meet Viral Growth, your one-stop shop for leveling up your online presence. Whether you're a personal brand or a company, they've got the tools and know-how to take you to the next level. With Viral Growth, 
forget about those endless hours of video editing. They handle everything from brainstorming to polishing your content so you can just focus on being awesome. And guess what? We're hooking you up with a sweet deal. Use code ADWEEK for 10% off when you sign up. Ready to take your social media game to the next level? Head on over to viralgrowth.io and let's turn those digital dreams into a reality. Obviously, there's been this like pandemic reaction to getting back on the road. And so it's not surprising that the services business right now is alive and well. A lot of people have pre-planned these summer vacations. So how much of this do you think is due to seasonality? And does that excess kind of get just used up in a one big last hurrah before holiday season kicks in? Like where does seasonality play? Yeah, that's a good question because if travel is driving some of this number, when the travel season goes down, does the spend level go down? So there are other elements within the services line item to like housing. So that's not seasonal. That's also, you know, at an elevated level higher than than the 2% magic number. What could potentially drive that down over time would probably have to be more supply. That's a really long-term solution or less demand, but people maybe for whatever reason, moving to places that are lower cost or kind of maybe consolidating or moving in with family or whatever. And what's interesting is remember, there's this huge movement toward go back to the office, right? Now that we're seeing more of, and where are you going back to the office? You're going back in urban areas and urban areas are where there's usually the highest rents and the highest fees for a living. So that suggests that that some of those those spend numbers aren't going to go down for that services line item in the near future. But what you're seeing as a result is that you're just seeing consumers, they have more latitude to demand more from a wage standpoint and pick and choose where they want to work. And that's been part of what has kept the economy as strong as it has been in the last few years, really. This is a very interesting kind of cyclical component, right? Pandemic hits, everybody leaves the city, stimulus happens, you're doing more with less, albeit not in person with anybody else. Now we've got this slow kind of coming back home situation where people are reflocking to their office environments, meaning their cost of living is going to be going up. So as we kind of burn through the service, I would say surge over the summer, we come back to school, we head into Q4, people are living in more urban dense areas, cost of things like food and energy will be going up or are going to continue to rise. How does that make consumers feel about where and how they choose to spend their money? And what becomes the role of brands in meeting that? Is this the time for the brands to say, eh, you know what? They're buying my stuff anyway. I can kind of coast for a little bit and pull back on my ad spend. Or are they going to say, wow, I know I have a choice. Do I buy the private label? Do I buy the brand? I need the exposure. Like if you were sitting in, in the brand seat, what would you do? So it seems to me that these last several years have been like a massive experiment in elasticity. And what the U.S. consumer has shown is that a lot of consumer products and a lot of the entire grocery world is relatively inelastic because prices have continued to go up. It is a category that has outpaced inflation for well over a year now. And the consumer is just paying that delta, 
without trading down to private label, without trading down to other product categories. What is interesting is that you do see CEOs of these large multi-brand, multi-category retailers like Walmart or Kroger or others kind of clutching their pearls and kind of expressing outrage at these CPGs. But they're the ones that have the ability to trade out the shelf space and put in private label if they wanted, but they're not. And what does that tell you is that everybody is just happily taking the profits. And what we saw was basically a wealth transfer in like 2020 and 2021 to the hands of households because they were saving more or they were getting government stimuli. We're basically now seeing that going back to business. That's what inflation is. You know, it's coming back in the form of higher prices that consumers are being asked to pay and that many consumers absolutely are paying. One of the bad habits of American consumers is that they've never been great savers. Americans just historically don't save what people in other countries save. They spend. And when they had this enormous windfall in 2020 and 2021, it was great because it gave all of these consumers enormous purchasing power and we're using it. And it looks like it's going to be used through much of 2023 and possibly even a little bit longer than that. But once it runs out, then I think is the point at which you'll hit a wall and there isn't going to be the ability to keep raising prices. And what you're going to see is the consumer will be trading down and stop eating out. And kind of at that point, the competitive dynamics of these industries is going to normalize. At what point that happens, it remains to be seen, but it looks like at this point, you know, kind of if that Fed estimate is right, it's probably going to be early 2024. Love that you you said what's on everyone's minds, which is that the retailers are happily just taking these profits. And we can't also forget that they're all trying to build very sizable retail media businesses and they need brands to be their advertisers there. You know, a behavior that Sarah and I see from our seat, you know, working across all of these big global brands is there is a relationship between watching the Fed raise interest rates and then internally corporate brand employees becoming more trepidatious with spending, whether it's spending on advertising, spending on employee resources, spending on technology. But hearing you and your optimism that the consumer is here to spend, it feels counterintuitive. Like business seems to be going well for the FMCGs, but then they're getting a little trepidatious. Oh, we don't know how consumers will react to these interest rates. And as a result, we're going to pause spending internally. I think that anytime you have the R word or any type of uncertainty, there's going to always be a retrenching. As far as I'm concerned, like what I've seen consistently is any opportunity that a CFO has to pull back, they will. Even in a good economy, you'll, you'll have some companies laying people off and reworking. So it's not surprising that, you know, in this time of uncertainty, consumers are saying that they're anxious and you have a market with, which is skittish, that it's very, very easy to, to pull back on, on any type of capital investments. Now, as we also know, you know, anytime when the rest of the market is doing badly, if you're in a position, if you're financially able to invest, it's a great time to gain share, right? I mean, this is what a lot of companies learned during the pandemic is that this is now a time to gain market share. And you can find bargains in the media world 
because nobody's spending. So it's a it's a buyer's market. So if you're in that position, you absolutely should take advantage of it, but it requires a lot of intestinal fortitude. I mean, it's like asking people when when there's a market downturn to you know, invest and spend on something. People just don't, you know, because you don't know what tomorrow brings and you're down today, there's always the the anxiety and uh, the uncertainty that, that comes with that, that decision. But yeah, I mean, hopefully some of these brands will go back to what they saw during the pandemic and realize that a downturn is, is an opportunity to, to gain share for sure. Yeah. And we see folks like Procter & Gamble prove that day in and day out. Well, we have to ask you our famous last question for the second time. So you must give a different answer, which is what's the bravest thing you've ever done or the second bravest thing? Right. The second bravest. It would, yeah, probably would have to be, you know, so I'm terrified of heights. Probably when I jumped off, like, well, what I thought was, was like a 10 meter diving board, but I, I, it probably, you know, because it happened so long ago, I think it was probably less than that, but yeah, jumping off that and not really being a good swimmer, that was definitely terrifying. It was like in a swim class as a child and somebody, a friend was like, you know, just, you know, when you, when you get to the bottom, just push really hard and then just flap your hands really fast and you'll eventually get to the top and it worked. So that, um, so, but I will never do that again. Eh. Well, wise friend, as you are too, Well, from this episode, what I'm taking away is that that R word, which I think you meant recession, is something that at least in the U.S. economy, you think we may avoid. And optimism will continue into FY24, FY25, depending on people's fiscal calendars. Well, hopefully, hopefully, and hopefully nothing unforeseen happens between now and then. That's probably the biggest unknown is the invasion of of a country. Well, let's hope that doesn't happen. And thank you, as always, for your perspective on the U.S. economy, the global economy. There really is no stronger voice than you. So Sarah and I were so happy that you were able to join us. Well, thank you, Sarah and Rachel. Well, if that wasn't a note of optimism, I really don't know what is. If you like this episode, listen to what she had to say nine months ago on a prior episode of Brave Commerce. I also recommend following her on LinkedIn. And while you're on LinkedIn, why don't you give a follow to Brave Commerce? And if you like this episode, please subscribe, send a rating, a review. We hear those things are really good for conversion. And we'll see you next time. Hey there, are you ready to elevate your personal brand or company? Meet Viral Growth, your one-stop shop for video content and audience building. Imagine growing your brand organically on social media without the hassle of editing videos for hours. With Viral Growth, it's a breeze. They handle the brainstorming, scripting, and editing while you simply just hit record. And don't worry about your niche. They cater to everyone, from business and marketing to health and wellness. Are you ready to make waves in the social media realm? Visit viralgrowth.io and use code ADWEEK, that's A-D-W-E-E-K, all lowercase, and get 10% off your plan. Hi, I'm Jackie Cooper, Global Chief Brand Officer at 
Edelman and the host of Touch of Truth, a new podcast launching on the Adweek Podcast Network. My dad gave me this incredibly smart piece of advice, meet everyone once. As a result, I've met some of the most fascinating and inspiring people on the planet. Now on Touch of Truth, we're coming center stage and sharing the mic to experience stories of truth, insights and visions for the future that will challenge your way of thinking. Touch of Truth is available wherever you listen to podcasts. New episodes come out every Tuesday. I do hope to see you there.